So in almost any gathering of Christians, if you say, could I get someone to say grace? Someone from the crowd will shout out, yes. (laughs) Instead of volunteering to pray, someone says grace. And I realized that in my life, growing up, that was about all I knew about the word grace for some reason. I knew that we said grace before meals. And I knew that it was a time to thank God for every good gift that he gave us and to bless my mom for fixing the food. My dad always did that. Um, But I really didn't understand a lot about grace. Now you hear grace everywhere. If you go into a bookstore, you're going to find a Christian bookstore, you'll find lots of books about grace. If you tune into a podcast, you're likely to have grace somewhere in that podcast. Grace is everywhere, and uh, talking about it is everywhere. And actually, it's been a challenge to me in my life. Am I living a life that reflects the grace of God? Sometimes I think I am. But other times I'm still stuck in my view of things. And so God's changing my worldview to a grace view. And it's been an amazing challenge. Some of that challenge comes from the young people I work with because they're listening to those podcasts about grace. Everything is grace. (laughs) And so I run into some challenges there in understanding it. So let's talk about grace for a moment. Would you please, our neighbor question for the day. following in Guy's footsteps, would you talk about what is grace? Is there a definition for grace? So if you would turn to a neighbor and talk about what is grace. Riches. (laughs) That was the first one I thought of. Okay, Uh, anyone like to share what you said or what your neighbor said? Let's talk about grace a little bit. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Yes. God's riches at Christ's expense, an acronym for grace. Cool. Something else, yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's good. What else? Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. 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 Well said. 
The scripture you referred to with uh, we can't earn it is in Ephesians 2. It's one of the first scriptures I ever memorized. Um, and I don't know that I'll be able to memorize it right now because when I get nervous, sometimes I forget. So I'm going to read it <laughs> from Ephesians 2, um, starting with verse 4. And I, I love this description of grace because the first three verses of Ephesians 2 are all about the sin we have in our lives and what a mess we are. And then after that, in verse 4, Ephesians 2, 4, it says, but God, don't you love that? But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. This is our grace. I'd also like to have us uh, watch a short video, a YouTube video, uh, about grace. It's by the Skit Guys. And if you're not familiar with them, I'd like to encourage you to spend a little time watching. My favorite Skit Guys skit is The Chisel. But today we're going to watch one called Grace, surprisingly. I want that kind of grace in my life. I want when I'm having trouble with someone else, I want to be able to give them that kind of grace. I want to believe that God has that grace for me. I just got an email on Friday from a friend who's been working in our mission for years and years. And she's going through healing from abuse issues. And... She said, I gave all this stuff to God. And then I realized I'm still trying to work to earn his love. She knows about grace. She's taught many people about grace. She's prayed for freedom for people, for grace. But she's still struggling to believe it in her own life. But I want that. I don't have any problem with the idea of grace. I think it's one of God's best ideas. Okay. And we're all here because of this amazing grace. What I have a problem with is the idea of a grace relationship with God being one way. That it's his grace to us. It's his love for us. It's his and that's it. Now, obviously, that's all true. But the problem I'm running into, especially as I'm speaking with young people, uh, a year ago, I went to uh, one of our YWAM bases, and they're a very grace-centered base. I'm amazed. Uh, instead of having rules, they figure out all the guidelines together as a family. When, instead of having any problems when somebody doesn't keep those things, then... It's all relationship. It's a lot of work. 
But they are so steeped in grace and taught about grace. And frankly, when I was teaching them, I saw the need for them to understand grace. They weren't just from dysfunctional families. They were from families that were abusive. They were from personal dating relationships where they'd been used and abused. And so I saw why their leadership talked about grace, grace, grace. The problem was I was asked to come and speak about walking in fear of the Lord. So here I show up, ready to talk about walking in fear of the Lord, which you probably know I didn't when I first learned about it. It's not fear, this kind of fear, but awe of God. God is God and we're not. So it's about awe, but it's also about hating evil, about getting rid of evil things in our life to walk in holiness. And here I come with this message about hating evil and walking away from sin, and they were befuddled because how does that, what does that have to do with grace? Doesn't God love me no matter what I do? Uh, yes. And, <laughs> and, and after the first day of teaching, I went to my room and I just prayed and prayed. And I said, God, I'm not getting through. They're thinking that when I say there's a response to God's grace, that I'm saying they have to earn his grace. That's not what I'm saying, but that's what they're hearing. What do I do? And so I spent time in the scripture and I kept looking at things, and finally I actually found an article on the internet. Don't you love Googling things? I just Googled, uh, like, holiness and grace, and this article came up, do we need more of God's grace or more holiness? And it was so life-changing for me because it gave me a way to explain to them. So I'm going to show you what I learned that day. Martin's going to help me with a little experiment here. Thank you. So our problem with God's grace is not generally understanding that there's an unlimited supply of grace. Uh, More and more, the church is getting that. When I was young, I think it was a little legalistic. And it was about kind of being the good Christian What's a guy's thing about don't smoke and don't chew and don't run with people who do or something like that? I think think perhaps things were more legalistic. But now people are grasping onto the concept that God's love. You you guys just did this whole study on Romans 8. Oh, my goodness. The word grace is never used in Romans 8, but it's there all over the place. And it's referred to as the spirit. Life in the spirit. Instead of life under law, life in the spirit. Life in grace. So it's not so much now as I see as I'm traveling that people don't get the grace thing. It's that they don't understand how to contain God's grace in their life. So Mark is going to play God for me here. <laughs> Generally, I don't have my husband play that role. But <laughs> Okay, this is the grace of God. You might need to set it down if it's heavy for now. But um, 
it would be better exemplified by a hose, continuous. I just didn't have that access. Maybe a fire hose would be the better way to show God's grace. Just gushing over us, knocking us down, flooding us would be God's grace. And God is always pouring his grace on us. Thank you, God, so much that it overflows. Very good, God. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) The problem isn't so much that, that his love, his grace ever stops. The problem is that our containers have holes. So even while he's continuing to pour grace out on us, we sometimes cannot contain this grace. And we miss the opportunity to have grace overflow into other people's lives because it's leaking out of our lives. And when we plug up these holes, thank you, God, you are so good. (laughs) When we plug up these holes, We can contain the grace of God. All set. Okay. I'll let it stay there for a second. Plugging up those holes is our response to God's grace. It's not earning his grace. He's already pouring it out and pouring it out and pouring it out. But so that we can contain it, we choose to no longer sin. We choose the way that we think about others is a gracious way. The way we speak about others is graciousness. The way we speak about ourselves reflects God's grace. Our actions, this is holiness, not H-O-L-E, holiness. (laughs) Okay, no, is that right? I got it all mixed up. Okay, but, but the holiness of God in our lives, which he asks of us, that we would be holy as he is holy, comes as we're choosing to get our wounds healed, to, for, to forsake our sin, to give up. Then we can contain his grace and spill it out on others. Okay? So, yeah, that's what I thought too. Yay! <laughs> And that's what I read on on this website. And I took it to the students, and they got it. Grace is a free, abundant gift. And it's always available. But we access it when we choose humility. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Interestingly enough, just like the Ephesians 2 scripture where there's this list of sins and then it says, but God, James 4 is the same way. You were living this way and this way and this way, but he gives, again, but God gives us a greater grace. Therefore, scripture says he opposed the proud but gives grace to the humble. When God looks at sin, he's always, his next words seem to be grace. It's, it's very consistent in scripture, not every time, but often. And it's changing my way of, of looking at my own sin and other people's sin. When I'm talking with a stranger, not worried about the sin, I'm focusing on the grace God has for them. Okay? So our response is a life of holiness. That brings glory to God. 
That's our love response to his grace. And it's a reflection of the good God that we serve. In Ephesians 2, I read you this scripture. Listen to the next verse, verse 10. So I'll start with 8 again. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works, so no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in him. So receive the grace, respond. Don't just hold it to ourselves, but let's respond. Let's show that grace to others. Let's live as if we really believe God's given us this grace. In Strong's Concordance, the definition for grace is the divine influence, so this is God's part, the divine influence on the heart and its reflection in the life. Interesting. So grace isn't just this one way. A grace relationship is two-way. It's coming to us. We're receiving it, and we're working out our salvation. Not working for our salvation, but working it out to live a life of grace. Even in this video, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And then he says, feed my sheep. There's a way for Peter to respond. There's a way that we respond to grace. It's not just receiving. It's releasing it in our life and the life of people we're with. So for those of you that were concerned we weren't doing a congregational reading, we're going to do it now. So if you would please stand. (laughs) I didn't forget. (laughs) This is a scripture from Titus, which Zach just quoted for us when he was sharing. We're going to read it in three different versions. It's not very long. I just like it to soak into us the same way that water is soaking in. So instead of just reading it once, let's just read it and let it soak into us. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. In the New American Standard. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. So it's his giving and our responding. And in the message... God's readiness to give and forgive is now public. Salvation's available for everyone. 
We're being shown how to turn our backs on a godless, indulgent life and how to take on a God-filled, God-honoring life. This new life is starting right now and is whetting our appetites for the glorious day when our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, appears. He offered himself as a sacrifice to free us from a dark, rebellious life into this good, pure life, making us a people he can be proud of, energetic in goodness. Amen. If you take your seat, we're going to look at God's best gift of grace, his son. Today we're going to take communion. We're going to receive grace once again, the symbol of what Jesus did on the cross. In Mark 14, it says, while they were eating, now my whole view of Peter sitting at the table has been changed by the skit guys, but <laughs> he was probably talking the whole time. <laughs> while they were eating, he took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it, and he gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. And when he'd taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many. Poured out just like grace. So today, come and receive his grace once again. It's never ending. And my prayer for us is that as we receive, we would be free to live and love in ways that would honor Amen.